stands for Brandon's Wedding Beat Me Up, and uh, <laughs> welcome in. And of course, we are presented by MSU Denver Online. msudenver.edu slash online is the place to go to check out all they have to offer. It is the best place if you're looking to continue your education um, and keep a full-time job. Uh, MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institutions. Check them out. MSU Denver edu slash online. My boys, what's up? Like you said, Ryan, Brandon and Lindsay's wedding was amazing this weekend. And typically if a, a wedding is amazing, the next day is pretty rough. Maybe even the next couple days <laughs> are pretty rough, but it means it was great. Congratulations <clears throat> to Brandon and Lindsay. What an awesome wedding at an awesome place. I mean, Ryan's favorite place in the world. Uh, you've talked about maybe getting, you know, a Folsom Field tattoo one day. Maybe you'll just get a uh, a CSU stadium tattoo. I don't know, the, the campus, something like that? Certainly not. I was on my best behavior you were. Um, all weekend. All yeah. I really, the only thing I did is I wore my little golden buffalo lapel pin. It was my only, uh, you know, I couldn't. Couldn't go on that field without having some sort of representation, but uh, and from what I understand, yeah. the uh, the bride who has the CSU ties didn't even notice. Wow! Not that I'm aware <laughs> of, or maybe she was on her best behavior too, because everyone knows like Lindsay and I, we have very short fuses when it comes to these things. So I was like, I'm not gonna say anything. I don't want to <laughs> send her off the wrong path. It's maybe a, she felt yeah. the same way about me. It's a wedding. You want to be polite. Yes, you want to be exactly. dignified and all, and also respect where they chose to have the wedding. But I will ask you this. That's a, that is a nice college facility. I mean, did you walk around and say, wow, this is, ac- this is actually a really nice place to watch a football game? Yes, I, I thought they did a really good job with it. Um, the little, like, New Belgium porch, too, mm-hmm. where we basically had the wedding um, was really cool, really, really well thought out. The only thing is I just feel like they stopped – doing the stadium halfway through it like <laughs> the west side of the stadium is really nice looking the east side of the stadium just looks like Hughes again yeah just bleachers you mean yeah just yeah, all bleachers very... isn't that where the students sit though yep if the students went to the game oh. <laughs> that's why they're on campus right so the students would actually show up but they haven't proven to do that yet. yes exactly. i can tell that your yeah. grace period is over <laughs> 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 all right uh so 36 hours i think uh, yeah exactly you, you pass the statute of limitations exactly now. exactly but it really was an awesome wedding it was really like the first ever like dnvr wedding you know yeah where we had the whole uh, you know most of the squad there and it was a it was a good time. It was. Good time. <laughs> All right. Another thing that's going to be a good time is training camp, which is coming up in just a few, I guess still we can say months. It is also a few weeks, more than a few weeks. Five, six weeks? Let's see. Today is the 21st. And so 28. Five. five. So five, that'll be two. The 19 will be four. 
Yeah, just over five weeks. The players will report, I believe, five weeks from today. Okay, and then so practices I guess it is a few will weeks. start. And practice will start at the end of that week. So about five and a half weeks. Yep, a few weeks away. Yeah. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of look, take deep dives into each position battle. Of course, quarterback will be an underlying theme of all these conversations. Um, and we talked about that at length, of course, already, including on Friday on our episode of Three Circus, which you should absolutely check out. We had a blast with our guy, Brett Kane. So today we're going to take a little deeper dive into the running back competition. And... I'm interested to see where this goes because I have a strong lean one way and I, I'm, I don't know if I'm in the minority or the majority here. So Zach, just lay down kind of the way that you're seeing this, this running back competition, how you see it playing out. So I don't have a strong lean one way, but I do think that I'm leaning the other way from you. So Mace is really going to be the tipping point Ooh. on this. And I have to say that we, we had Brett Kane on and he made some great points for Javante Williams things, things that I'm not going to, to dis disagree with completely, but he thinks Javante is going to be the starting running back and really be the guy this year for, you know, the Broncos moved up in the second round to get him. That is very true. That means they have a big-time commitment to him. They've got an $8 million commitment to Melvin Gordon right now. And Melvin Gordon, the way he ended last year is, I think, gives him the advantage this year because he ended so hot I believe it was the last seven games of the season he rushed for 547 yards, over five yards per carry, five touchdowns. He he threw in 12 receptions there as well and, and had one fumble, but it was not, or it was a lost fumble, but only one in those seven games. If he does that again to start this year and shows that he can be that running back in training camp, He's going to be the starting running back for, for a variety of reasons. Javante Williams still a, a rookie, still hasn't played a snap in the NFL. If the Broncos can turn to a guy that over the last seven games of the season averaged what would have been a pace of 1,250 rushing yards, I don't think they're going to turn away from that. And I also do think that there's there's something in all of these running back or all of these competitions where I think the coaches are going to give the benefit of the doubt to the older veteran guys uh, if it's close. Yeah, and I think the other thing, even though he didn't have a good season last year in this department, the fact that he can be effective catching the ball out of the backfield historically, it's going to help him as well because whether you're talking about Teddy Bridgewater or you're talking about Drew Locke trying to be more of a check-down guy, a sensible guy in terms of the decisions that he makes, that lends itself to the running backs being heavily involved in the passing game and until last year when the Broncos kind of went away from that, Melvin Gordon was that guy that you could rely on for about 40 receptions and about and anywhere between seven and, and, and nine yards a catch, basically. And so that element to his game, Javante Williams has it as well. Javante Williams, we even saw a drop last week. He had a he had he had a couple of drops last year for North Carolina. He isn't all the way there yet. So that's sort of the cherry on the Sunday. Now that being said, I think Javante Williams is starting at the end of the season, mm. but I think Melvin Gordon is starting at the <clears throat> beginning of the season. So super, super quick, just to play off that, Mace, yes. about catching the ball out of the backfield. I don't care who it is, all three of these running backs, because there's also Mike Boone, who's going to be a bigger player in the running back position than I initially thought. All three of these guys are going to be huge coming out of the backfield catching the ball, because what I've seen the past five weeks or four weeks in OTAs and mandatory minicamp is either checkdowns to those guys or just design throws where they're getting the ball out quick from both quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, 
that was the one thing that I think ended up pushing Philip Lindsay out of town is for right or for wrong, they didn't believe he could do it. Right. And or they wrong. really wanted to do it. Yep. Um, and so for me, that's, that's the biggest thing for these guys is that's how you're going to see the field is proving that you can catch the ball out of the backfield and proving that you can protect the passer. Now, I think Melvin is probably the best. I haven't seen Mike Boone, so I don't know. Probably the best at picking up blitzes and protecting the passer. And so he's going to see the field a lot. But I go back to, you know, the kind of the argument that Brett Kane made, which is you traded up in the second round mm-hmm. for a running back. We know that the time that running backs are a good value, especially when you drafted that high, is very minimal. You have four years to maximize the value of Javante Williams yeah. and really make yourself look like, that was a good pick. Four years of really good football from Javante Williams, and I don't think anyone will criticize it. Three years, it starts to get a little more dicey. Okay, well, so let's say that he's mostly a backup this year. Now he has to be the starter next year, and like then there's this whole like transition excuse, right? Oh, he's not mm-hmm. used to this much wear yep. and tear on the body. Yep. So now you've got two years left on the contract before yep. he's finally settling into the role. Because of that... I think it would be silly to not start Javante Williams. Now, I'm with you, Mace, in the sense that, okay, maybe they start Melvin at the beginning because they say, hey, you know, there's still some, like, complicated stuff that he needs to learn before we give him the reins and let him take this thing. But he has to be starting by the end of the year, in my opinion, for you to give yourself a chance to even maximize the value on that draft pick. Well, I think it'll work itself out naturally because running, even though – Melvin Gordon has been fairly durable over his career. It's a high attrition position. You can rarely count on a guy who's going to play most snaps, and we know Pat Shermer likes his running back to be a bell cow, would prefer not to split. Even though he has done the split uh, over the years, he'd rather ride one guy. And if he rides Melvin Gordon, that means Melvin Gordon at some point will probably miss a game or two at least because of injuries. And if Javante Williams has learned enough in pass pro, that opens the door for him to walk through and take the job. Mm, yeah, I, I think it comes down to two things for Melvin Gordon to hold on to the job for the entire season or for the majority of it. One is injuries and staying on the field. Last year, Melvin did play in 15 games. The only game he didn't play was when he had strep throat. And obviously with all the protocols, they held him back from that one. Otherwise, pretty darn healthy. Only started 10 games, but it's because you also had Phil there. And in 2017, he played all 16 games. It's the only time he's done that. However, those two years in between, in 2018 and 2019, he only played 12 games each season. That's not the worst. I mean, it's probably what you should expect from a running back. But let's say he misses those four games four weeks into the season and Javante Williams comes out and shows, I'm the dude. Well, when Melvin Gordon's healthy again, he's still going to play. Yeah. It's just not going to be as the starter. As if, long as Javante produces. Right. Mm-hmm. As long as he comes in and shows, I'm this great second-round running back. So I think if Melvin stays healthy, though, the, there's one more factor. One thing that Melvin told us throughout the whole year last year was, I heat up in the second half of the season. And he wasn't lying. He was absolutely right. Like I said, the, the second half of the season, he was lights out a 1,200-yard rusher. That's, that's what he was on pace for. He can't be off to a very slow start before hitting that. If, if he's anywhere close mm. to the way he ended the season last year, great. 
He's going to be the starter, in my opinion, until either he gets hurt or that dies off. Uh, but he just can't have a slow start. And not saying that he will, but if he does, then that's when you say, we got to let this second-round pick get, get a lot more time. And then if he takes off, if Javante shows us the running back that the Broncos thought was the best running back in the draft, if he shows that, then it's going to be hard to keep the kid off the field. Yeah, the interesting thing is, if he's starting slow, what does that mean for the rest of the offense? Because this is an offense that's, you know, we're talking all this about the quarterbacks and all that, but if Aaron Rodgers is not in the building, this offense is probably going to be more of a run-intensive offense than most are in the league today. So if Melvin Gordon is struggling, the offense is probably struggling. Right. And that means you're looking to push buttons to try to, to regenerate something. The question is, is the button that you push at quarterback or is the button that you push at running back? I mean, if you if the offense starts slowly and the running game is struggling around into form, unless there are major issues on the offensive line, you would hope that they wouldn't hesitate to mash the red button and make the change immediately, especially given the investment that you made in Javante Williams. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Uh, for those who don't know, Zach, kind of compare and contrast the running styles and playing styles of these two guys. Well, Melvin, he like like May said, probably the more all-around back as of right now, really a dynamic receiver out of the backfield. And he's a guy who can get the short yards. Remember, that was one of the big reasons we thought the Broncos brought him in last year was that he was one of the best in the red zone and one of the best on short down situations. We really saw the Broncos say with Melvin, we're, we're going to use those, or we, we thought they were going to say last year, we're going to use those in those situations. They used Melvin fine last year. They did not use Phil correct mm-hmm. last year. And so I'm curious how Melvin's role changes. You know, Phil w- was famous for the second and seven. We're just going to run you up the middle and we're going to run you into the back of, uh, of, of our offensive linemen's heads and uh, you'll pick up two yards or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if they go away from that this year or if Melvin is, they're, they're going to get a little more creative or if they want to, you know, make instead of second and seven, go to third and seven because of an incompletion if they're going to try to get three yards. But Melvin can, can do it all. Uh, and he's, like I said, that short yardage back who also has the explosion. Okay. And then Javante, he's, like I said last week, guys, Pat Shermer said he doesn't have any holes in his game. And right now, I do still give the edge to Melvin in terms of pass blocking, just because it really does take a step up in the NFL. Uh, and you also have to do it more in the NFL than in college. But if he can develop that quickly, he is he's, he's just a fuse that's waiting to be lit to be absolutely taken off. The explosion in his game is absolutely crazy. When you see him, he, he's a bowling ball. He's someone that is, you know, short enough to the ground or a low center of gravity where he can truck guys, but he can also blow right past him. Yeah, he doesn't quite have the breakaway speed, but in the short area explosion, it's really special. Mace, who would you compare him to in the league? Man, that's tough. Actually, I'd compare him to Dalvin Cook, which is interesting because... That's a guy that George Payton was a part of drafting in Minnesota back in 2017. Now, Dalvin Cook got on the field right away, and like Javante Williams, was somebody that required a trade-up within the second round to get. Vikings mm-hmm. moved up, I believe, I want to say like nine or ten picks to get Cook out of Florida State. Now, the difference, the difference is that while 
they had running backs in the room. They had Latavius Murray. They had uh, Jerick McKinnon in there. They didn't have somebody who was kind of that proven bell cow guy like Melvin Gordon is. Right. And that's and that's why even though you can kind of look at a lot of parallels to the Cook pick in 2017, the presence of Melvin means it's not exactly the same, but there are parallels in style. There are parallels in what George Payton did to move up. I mean, it's kind of eerie, almost right down to the fact they're both ACC backs. And yeah. and on top yeah. of that, I think another guy that uh, some national people, not even yeah. a Broncos bias here, compared him to was Nick Chubb. And what do Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, and Dalvin Cook all have in common? Second round picks. Second yep. round picks, exactly. That's the sweet spot for for a high level running back in terms of the value being right. Even last year, Jonathan Taylor going to Indianapolis yeah. and having a big season. Second round pick. Yep, yep, exactly. So second round pick is is very much the sweet spot. And so I'm doing a piece for later this week, crunching some numbers. So I don't have them all exactly right here. But those second round picks that, that we just talked about, those guys, they, they take off in the second half of their rookie seasons. That's when you really see. It's kind of like how Melvin finished the year last year, where he wasn't bad the first half of the year, but was was a fine running back last year. That's kind of how these rookies produce. And then in the second half of the seasons, they take off. And I think it was one of you guys, right, when we started this, that said uh, Melvin's probably going to be the starter week one, but by the end of the season, you expect it to be Javante. That's what these this history would say is is right. Well, if both guys are going to play better in the second half of the season, <laughs> maybe start Mike Boone in the first half. Oh, <laughs> right. Season. There you go. We know he capitalizes on his opportunities. Um, but, I mean, seriously, the first half of the season, you, you've got a lot of winnable games. So you'd love, if you're in a position, come week eight, where all of a sudden both running backs are gearing into another gear. Yeah. You're coming down the home stretch. Every defense in the league is a little bit injured, a little bit banged up. And you've got two guys who are running the ball really well. You'll be a playoff team. Yep. If you put yep. yourself in a position to be in it, and then you get both of those guys running the ball really well when it starts to get cold. And we talk about quarterback, 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 mm -hmm. because that is the most important thing. But maybe honestly, outside of the defense and being a top five defense, the next thing right there that's the most important is this running game. Because mm -hmm. I don't care if it's Teddy or Drew. I don't think even if Drew plays well, I don't think any of us are expecting him to come out and go 38 touchdowns, nine interceptions this year. You know, we're looking for over a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio from Drew. And with Teddy, he's only thrown 15 inter or fifteen touchdowns. That's his career high in a season. Yeah. So you don't expect a huge production from him. This team, even though there's so many weapons in the passing game, it's really going to be the running game that sets up everything and that pretty much leads this offense. Now, before we denigrate Teddy's touchdown total, just want to make this point. <laughs> 16 starts before he hurt his, his knee last year, which includes some time in New Orleans, 23 touchdowns, 10 picks. That was mm -hmm. the pace he was on. That, that That's what he did over 16 starts. Between, it was started in New Orleans, and then, his for, and then the starts before he hurt his knee in Carolina. Gotcha. So... Yeah, you're kind of you're you're kind of borrowing from two <laughs> things, but he look he pointed to the knee injury, said I shouldn't have come back from that, mm -hmm. and it was clear he was everything was down for him. Completion percentage dropped, I believe, by nine percentage points, <clears throat> and that and and for him, if he's not completing a high percentage of his passes, he's not effective. If you're if you're getting fully healthy, Teddy pre MCL, Teddy. That is a guy who has proven over a 16-game stretch he can go more than two to one. He can have more than 20 touchdowns. So, but, but, if you, and if you do that, then, he, then all of a sudden he becomes somebody that you might be able to ride. 
I want to talk more about the quarterbacks and actually how it relates to this running back competition uh, here in a second. So we'll circle back to that. Mm -hmm. But first, uh, I want to tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Two different kinds of seltzers out now and actually five flavors in each kind. So talking about 10 different seltzers uh, from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. You've, of course, got the original, the OG Good Companies, and these are fantastic. My favorite is the Honeydew. Um, and then they came out with the Lemonade Seltzers, which, in my opinion, are even better. And, man, I don't, I kind of, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I might like the blueberry one of those the best. Why can't you believe that? I just, I don't like blueberry. blueberry. Guy? Yeah. Wow. It's an overrated fruit. Would see, I love blueberries. Oh. And so I love the blueberry lemonade yeah. seltzer. It's, it's I amazing. love it. The trick, though, on all of them. Put them over ice. Yeah. The colder they are, the better they taste. Learned it from you. Yep. It's, it's an absolute game changer. So uh, check out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Of course, if you're not a seltzer fan, they're also the best in the game when it comes to beers. Yeah, and you guys also have to check out our friends Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. It's stressful to buy a home right now, and if you've attempted this process, you know exactly what we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about homes going for you know $100,000 over market price, and that's why you need the best in the business there because the housing market is absolutely crazy and Mike and Virginia Chevalier will take the burden off this extremely difficult process and make you feel like family and that is what you need during this time they'll alleviate so much more stress and worry off your plate and not only that but when it comes down to the finances of it they have you hooked up because Michael Chevalier is a certified financial planner meaning he looks at more than just an interest rate for your home loan he looks at your entire financial picture when putting together your or mortgage and that's very important especially right now and they are giving a fun perk for dnvr listeners visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat of your choice when you do and most importantly get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com that's dnvrmortgage.com also on tape of becoming a dnvr member if you want to read the content that zach and i are going to be pumping out in terms of previewing training camp previewing the season You've got to become a member, but there's so much more to get out of being a DNVR member. If you come down to the DNVR bar, you'll get a big beer for the price of a small beer. You can try that RK special. Maybe you won't wretch the way that Shelby Harris did a week and a half ago. Maybe you'll actually like it. <laughs> Everyone else likes it. If you like IPAs, I guess that's your thing. I imagine my reaction would be like Shelby's. Shelby admitted he wasn't an IPA guy. I'm not really an IPA guy either. Yeah. It's, that's why I invented the RK special. It's good. It's really good. It hits all notes. <laughs> it's uh, probably, it, too, probably I guess too hoppy for here, me. Here's the only disclaimer. You have to like beer yes. to like the RK that. special since like it is beer. two beers. Yeah. I mean, it's got some fruit in it. It does. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Maybe I'll try it someday. I just, <laughs> I just know that the IPA, I don't want to make myself sick. IPAs make me sick. Well, maybe we'll give you a 70-30 blend. There you oh. go. How about a, how about like a 95-5? Yeah. <laughs> just, no, like, just, just, just have, have a strawberry, strawberry Just give me a shot glass of the hot peak and the rest can be strawberries. Oh, you could do a floater. A, yeah, what do we call, uh, you know, like Jaeger bombs where you drop it in? Oh, yeah. What do you call the uh, straw, the RK special that is, you know, it's, like that form? Yeah, I mean, it's just an RK bomb. An RK, RK bomb. bomb. There we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, if you're going to be a DMVR member, you don't just get the big beer for the price of a small beer, you get a free shirt. At the DNVR Locker, you get discounts throughout the year at the DNVR Locker. And uh, you know what? We're going to get into the season. There are going to be some cool designs coming that are Broncos-centric. Can't wait to share those with you. You're going to want to wear them. You're going to love them. 
And so in t-shirts alone, a free t-shirt, t-shirt discounts, the membership will probably pay for itself, but you get so much more. You get that members-only Discord that you can access so you can talk about your favorite teams in a friendly and uh, less antagonistic environment than you get on social media. You can join the DNVR Golf League. You can ex- get extra raffle tickets for all watch parties at the DNVR Bar. So check it out. We promise you, you won't be disappointed. Become a DNVR member today. And oh, the other thing, you get to comment on this podcast and get it read in the second read in the second segment. Guys, we talked a little bit about um, college stadiums at the top. Great news out of Boulder. Full capacity at Folsom. Hey. Officially, there was there's a little bit of concern about this just because Boulder's weird. Um, <laughs> but, but that's the charm of Boulder. Is yeah. that it is weird. Sometimes. <laughs> what, what, how, what's the countdown? Do you know the countdown to uh, how many days till the oh, first man. game? No, I haven't even allowed myself to dream yet. It, are they doing, is the first game of the season still going to be at mile high? against? Nope. Uh, it, so it's not Texas The first game of the season is against Northern Colorado. Um, at Folsom. At Folsom. Well, that's a good game to, to start with. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's what I was thinking. Like, in a normal year, you'd probably get maybe, you know, 40000 for that. Right. Um, but with a whole year off of going yeah. to games in Boulder, I bet you you're going to get a full sellout against Northern Colorado. That's, I think it's a night game, too. Yeah, it's a Friday means, night game, actually, against yeah. the that UNC is. Bears. And then they, they do play at Mile High. They do. Yeah. But against that's against A&M. Texas Agricultural and Mechanical. Yes. And then instead of playing CSU, you guys play Minnesota? Yes. Why? Well, I mean, <laughs> the contract ended, and both teams wanted to get some uh, some bigger home games on their schedule. From what I understand, the, uh, the older brother was a little afraid of losing to the younger brother, so didn't want uh, that. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be bird. afraid of losing to them after beating them five years in a row. People are going to be stampeding down the gates to see the Golden Gophers in Boulder, huh? They will. That's a that's a marquee what? game. So first soda, yeah. first three games in Colorado. A and M's a marquee oh. game. A and M's a you know Minnesota. I mean, I mean, I guess if you want a mediocre Big Ten West school, I mean, there you go. It's better than a mediocre Mountain West school. <laughs> we you the 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 period wow. has fully gone away from Ryan. <laughs> Wait, really quick, do you play Michigan State anytime? Not on the schedule right now. I don't mm, think that's a bummer. But. I mean, even if we were going to play them in four years, Mel Tucker won't be there anymore. <laughs> um, all right. I'm, what, feeling, I'm feeling what, it today. They didn't throw in a game against Michigan State to compensate uh, losing him? I mean, that's what... I would. I, every player on that roster would love that. Yeah. Especially, well, the way he left wasn't like, a, we'll help you out, we'll rub your back, you rub ours. It was, uh, it was as brutal as it could be. Okay. Yeah. Are there bowls that involve both Big Ten, Big Ten and Pac-12 teams? Oh, yeah. Uh, the no- most notable one being the Rose Bowl. Well, I know that. But I mean, besides, <laughs> look, I'm sorry. See, we're not going to see CU Michigan State oh, in the Rose Bowl. Wow. That's why He's I'm breaking your heart. Now he's coming after you. Um, because Michigan State's not more. making the Rose Bowl with Mel Tucker anytime <clears> soon. There we like, go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So I mean, I'm, I'm saying it would ha- if it happened, it would be like what. Like the Holiday Bowl, was that still in play? Or I, they ca- I haven't they looked the at the affiliations in a little while. It changes so often, yeah. I lose track of it. it Who is it? It's uh, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Oh, yes, the Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> Los Angeles Bowl. The what? Yeah. You didn't hear about this? Yeah. No. Jimmy Kimmel just got his own bowl. Yep. How much did that cost? I don't know. I, I guess. Um, it's probably a show, right? Yeah. yeah. But it, it's not, it, it's not right. called the Jimmy right. Kimmel Show right. Bowl. <laughs> Called the Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy, Los the, Angeles the Bowl. The title sponsor of the LA Bowl. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if uh, you know, DNVR paid for your name to be on a bowl? 
Like, yeah. it, it, it's your name, just you don't have to pay for it. It'd be cool if we just had the DNVR Bowl. That would be cool. Well, there should be a bowl game in Denver. I mean, I don't know why that hasn't happened at some point. Should be one in Colorado. Yeah, a, a game between the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, probably. I'm not saying it'd be a big bowl. Yeah. But the, the, the DNVR Bowl I assume would be awesome. weather is the hang-up there? Oh, come on. I mean, the, the, um, the, the, what's the weather like in Memphis for the Liberty Bowl? You've got a bowl. You got a bowl. Be probably better. Than <laughs> You've got a bowl in Boston. You've got a bowl at yeah, Yankee but Stadium. That's because of don't, the you know. Don't, no one cares if it's snowing if they're playing at Fenway Park. Don't right. give me that 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 crap about uh, about it's too cold here. Do we say play on. at Coors? Is Ooh. that a big enough draw? You that think? that might change yeah, the fate. The thing yeah. is, you don't want it at the Broncos Stadium. It's right. too big. Yeah, uh, and really, I mean. If you right-sized it, you'd almost have it at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, but Coors Field would be a nice little... I mean, if we're going smaller, there's no reason to just not play it at Folsom. I guess, I mean... Yeah. There's more There are more hotels in Denver for fans coming in. But they could just stay in Denver, make the commute. Yeah, but it's cooler to stay downtown and walk to the stadium. Coors Field is the spot it would have to be at. Absolutely. Coors would be cool. Course. All right, we are way off, way <laughs> off track. No, so. that's great. I mean, I'd, I'd love to – if CU and CSU aren't going to meet in the regular season, maybe they meet in the DNVR Bowl at Coors Field. The, I would be down. Wow. I would be very down. <laughs> Can you imagine the branding on the bowl? <laughs> well, I think Incredible. we just see, like, part of – Right, right I mean, yeah. yeah. That's the logo, right? You just put you just put bowl underneath DNVR. Or, yeah, I mean, you I'm get like the sure. flag involved. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. I'm looking at that right here, oh seeing what, how we can put bowl on it. Yep, yep. be amazing. <laughs> All right, I wanted to talk about um, the quarterbacks and how they relate in the running back competition. Because CU's? Yes. So, okay. Um, Who's left at CU now? JT <laughs> Shroud. Uh, anyways, um, because I think it matters. You know, the, the, the different quarterback that you have, I think you're going to approach your running game a little bit differently. Um, and one of the things that Pat Shermer might be saying as he's fighting for Teddy Bridgewater um, to be the quarterback, which I just feel like is definitely going to happen, <laughs> um, is, hey, you guys hated when I ran the ball on second and long last year. Well, the reason I did that is because I didn't trust Drew to complete a pass on second down to avoid third and long because we knew he was doomed in third and long. Yep. Where he can be saying, look, with Teddy out there, if it's second and eight, I really trust him to hit that slant to give us third and four, third and two, or maybe break they break a tackle and it's a first down. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he's going to say I feel a lot more comfortable throwing the ball in second and long um, with Teddy as our quarterback. And if you're comfortable doing that, then you're also com- more comfortable running the ball on first and ten because you're not afraid of getting in second and long, running it again, and all of a sudden you have third and long. Um, and and that is to me, a solid argument for Teddy Bridgewater because there's a lot of arguments against him, um, and I think the fact that his career high is 15 touchdowns is the number one one because, like I said the other day, I don't think offense has been the problem. I think scoring has been the problem, um, which obviously those two things go hand in hand, but Teddy doesn't give me that much hope that he's going to fix the scoring problem. He does absolutely, I feel more comfortable keeping the offense on schedule when he's out there, because you don't need big plays to move the chains. You just need 10 yards every three times. Um, and I think he is more well-equipped to do that. And I think it, that having that freedom and having that belief in him from a Pat Shermer standpoint 
will allow him to be more more creative with the running game and even a little bit more reliant on it. Well, Pat's going to love what Teddy said last week and use this in his argument because was asked about the deep balls and things like that. And he said, look at the weapons we have. All I need to do is get them the ball and they're going to make plays. I don't have to be the one to force plays being made. Just get our playmakers the ball and boom. Now we're, now we're off. So that's going to fit in with Pat Shermer's argument to Vic about why it should be Teddy. But is that is that good for 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 the the running back game? If it is Teddy, is it better for the running back game if it's Teddy over Drew? Then because if that's the way Pat Shermer's thinking, then to me, absolutely. I think so. Um, again, just because I think with Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback, you're coming into the season saying, okay, we're gonna have a really balanced offense, you know. Um, whereas with Drew, it's just a little bit more of a wild card. Maybe he gets hot and you want to throw the ball a bunch one game. Maybe he's a little cold. You want to run the ball a bunch. Like, I feel like with Teddy, you're just saying, like, it's a 50-50 split. Um, and, again, I think Pat Shermer's opinion is going to end up mattering a lot here because I thought he called plays scared last year. Scared of what Drew was going to do. Mm. He didn't trust Drew. And so, again, that's why he's running the ball on second and eight because he's saying, okay, well, I just don't know if he can – complete this quick little five-yard play to get us into a good spot. I don't know if he's going to airmail it. I don't know if he's going to, you know, get sacked, whatever. So he said, all right, second and eight, let's just run it. Hopefully we get to third and four, and then, you know, we'll put the keys in his hands. Um, and you cannot have a, a, a coordinator calling plays no, scared. No. It, you, you, yeah, you did what can. you got last year. Yep. Which yep. was bad offense. Yep, exactly. I, I 100% agree. And so it, while this is a competition and there is going to be one guy who's a starter or maybe they'll do what they did to start a last season and just put them both on the field at the same time to uh, to not have to make that decision. Uh, these guys are both going to see the field a lot and, and throw Mike Boone in there. So I want to talk about how this is going to look. But really quick, what one, one thing that I thought about over the weekend was we talked on Friday a bit about Melvin missing OTAs, and then I thought about what Vic said about the quarterback competition, that only 2 or 3% of it was decided over this past month. So I'm going to say that anyone who missed OTAs, it doesn't matter, <laughs> and it be, because they were there for mandatory minicamp. So Kyle Fuller, doesn't matter that you weren't there. Melvin Gordon, doesn't matter. Right tackle, Bobby Massey was out. Cameron Fleming didn't really look good when he was in there. Doesn't matter. It, it just simply doesn't because that's what Vic just told us yeah. that it doesn't matter. And so, unfortunately, so why would anyone show up? Exactly. That's yeah. what I was just gonna say. Vic is a huge guy of the off-season program and getting as many reps in. Why is he just saying now that it pretty much doesn't matter? So I don't think for this competition that it impacts Melvin that he wasn't there. Well, yeah. if it's two to three percent for quarterbacks, when they're not going in full pads and, well, <laughs> right. and hitting for running backs, what is it? Point two point two? yeah, yeah. Point two three percent. Do you really believe it's two to three percent for quarterbacks though? Why would he lie? I don't know. He won't because he d they try to downplay anything so the media won't make a big deal yeah, out of it. I, I, I think yeah. it's. At, I mean, you. I think you, off off mic that you said twenty five percent. I think I think it's probably more than that. Wow. I think I think it's at thirty three thirty five percent. Man, I wish it was that. I think it's probably ten percent. Just because I think that they're gonna drag this thing out forever. Well, I think they'll drag it out, but part of it is it's not just it's not just the OTAs; it's the accumulation of everything. I'd say that thirty-three to thirty-five percent is actually last year. It's what Teddy Bridgewater did in Minnesota. 
And then beyond that as well, it's what Drew Locke did. I think it's all of that that is that is about the one-third they already have. You're of the belief that Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio, George Payton all want Teddy, right? Yep. You feel the same way? I think I think they would prefer Teddy if Drew can't fix the give fix the turnover problems, yes. If that's the case, I wish they would just call Teddy the starter right now. Yeah. Cuz bias exists. Like there's no way to not be biased. Yeah. So yeah. even if you go out there and you have this full competition and it's close the entire way, you're still going to lean with the guy that you wanted to win it. Now, I don't I'm not as confident as you guys are in which way they're leaning on this, especially George Payton, who I just feel like has nothing to gain from Teddy Bridgewater being the starter. But if that's the case, I just think it's so dumb. Like, and, and maybe, you know, someone like me who thinks Drew Locke's going to be the starter is saying, like, that's not fair. And in the end, it just doesn't right. matter. Right. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to be fair. Right. And that's what I was going to say. That would be the reason not to do that is because it's not fair this is the freaking NFL. It's not fair that you have a favorite. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Yes, like no, the, the, the fight is already yeah. unbalanced. If you go into a fight and the referee is wanting one guy to win, he's going to see it the way that he thinks is going to happen. Well, and you're going to have to think it's exactly that though. I think it's that they want drew to show something that Teddy has. I think they want to show that he is a lower mistake quarterback. So, so you, along your lines, though, Ryan, really quick, I think Drew's going to have to knock Teddy out in this competition, quote-unquote, in order for him to win. It's going to have to just be so obvious because there is that. But where if, if the judges are all biased at the end of the fight and, and Drew doesn't knock him out, if it was close, well, the judges are all a little biased. But if you don't let it get to the judge's decision because Drew just is so good, that's how he wins in, 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 this, in yeah, this world. And that's what I mean here is... If you have a favorite and, and you're and you're saying in your head, well, all right, hopefully Teddy just goes out there and training camp makes this easy on us. Just do, do it. Yeah. Just do it. He's who you want to be your starting quarterback. What you were saying, Mace, lends me more to kind of how I'm feeling, which is they want Drew to win the competition, but they're afraid that he won't. Or they're just saying, I think it's not they want Drew to win. I think there's they understand that there are long-term benefits if Drew wins. That okay, he that this is somebody who if he wins and I mean this is a lot of ifs. If he wins, if he cuts the turnovers, if he becomes a more accurate passer, if he you know, and 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 then when you start getting down all the ifs that come into play, that's where I think they start saying, well, let's it doesn't hurt us to give this a long shot now and to, to give this a long look now, to to give him all all the chance. You know the the cliche. You know you say you give give somebody enough rope, right? Basically. You give you give someone a lot of slack. You you give him the chance to figure it out. But then with Bridgewater, he's proven in Minnesota as a rookie when he was he he was enough to he was enough for them to invest to invest the long term in him if he hadn't gotten hurt. And then in New Orleans, he has proven that he does not need a full camp of reps to be ready to play reasonably well. And that's another thing that's kind of in the back pocket is that Bridgewater has shown that if you give him even backup reps that he can step in and play to, and and play at an average level. Yep. And that and so why not because of that why you, you got a young guy that you that you know and the guy who's still the president of football operations that's his guy. What's the harm in saying, "All right, let's just get let's just give Drew let's just give Drew and Teddy this run even though even though maybe we prefer 
Teddy and his lower turnover rate, what's the harm in giving Drew the run route now to see if he can figure it out? Because you cannot make a legitimate argument that giving Teddy half the reps is good. Now, you make an argument of that it can be serviceable, that he's proven that he can he can handle that, and you're 100% right, Mace, but Teddy getting 50% of the reps is going to be worse than Teddy getting 100%. Same with Drew. Yes. Drew getting 50% of the reps is worse than Drew getting 100% of the reps. That's why, again, if they know, and Ryan, I agree, if they're going to have so much bias, which we don't know that that's the case, but if they're going to, then name Teddy or Drew the starter. Now, when they know, let's say it's, Four days into training camp, they don't see it with Drew, or Drew takes off, and they're like, this is clicking. Then do it then. They're not going to, though. <laughs> I hope you're wrong. I, I hope, hope so, wrong. too. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got plenty more to talk about here, but we are going to switch over to the podcast side of things, answer uh, some questions from our listeners. All right, guys, before we move on, I want to give a shout-out to Strava Craft Coffee. If you're watching the live portion you saw I had a big old glass of Strava Craft coffee get me honking like a goose here this morning. And uh, you should try it out. And when you do, you can use the code DNVR25 to get 25% off your first order from Strava Craft coffee. Once you realize that you love that rich, tasty CBD-infused coffee, you can get it sent straight to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks with a Strava Craft coffee subscription. And when you do that, you're going to get 20% off every single time. Regardless, you'll never have to put in your credit card information or anything or even think about when that coffee's coming to your door. So sign up for a Strava Craft Coffee subscription, get your 20% off. Or if you're just trying it out for the first time, use that code DNVR25 to get 25% off your first purchase. And if you want to be honking like a goose, try Hassle Cattle Company's <laughs> Goose Burger. No, yeah. just kidding. They don't have a goose burger. What they have, though, is the Boy. best, yeah, thankfully, best damn Wagyu beef in the country. And, guys, they call it uh, the blue-collar Wagyu because it's it's Wagyu that every person can afford, and they've got deals to make it even more affordable. Right now, they've got a buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. If you use code DNVRFLANK, that's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout, you'll get buy three, get one free on these $9.99 uh, flank steaks. And, guys, these are perfect if you want to marinate. You cut against the grain when you're slicing it, and they are delicious. They have so many things besides just flank steaks and just patty meat that, that that you can get. You can get jerky. You can get so many other things. Beef bacon. Who doesn't want that? Wagyu Frank without any fillers. And like I said, some some jerky flavors. The sweet and spicy is fantastic. So make sure to check them out over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Use the code DNVR10 to get 10% off your order if you're not getting those Frank flank steaks and any order order over $200 gets you free shipping guys we put the ultimate stamp of approval on it by bringing it into the bar so we are telling you it is delicious check them out at hasslecattlecompany.com use dnvr10 and dnvr flank at checkout also want to tell you about our friends over at illegal pete's i was just in there a few days ago picking up dinner and actually was in the dtc location ran into fellow broncos uh Beat writer Jeff Legwald. Oh, yeah, how about that? Leggy. Having a dinner with his son. It was a nice night out, enjoying some illegal Pete's. Cool to see him over there. And obviously, always cool to get your dinner at Illegal Pete's. I went for what I always go for, which is the Baja fish burrito. Of course, you got that beer battered fish in there. You got some cat. You got some cabbage. Get a little chips and guac on the side. I mean, it's a perfect meal and you could have plenty of perfect meals in plenty of ways over at illegal Pete's. of course they're back rolling with us we're thrilled to have them 
as a partner at DMVR. And they've got a lot of great things going on at their local locations. Soundcheck promotion. It's an ongoing promotion with at all locations, which gives you a free draft beer or house mark with purchase of an adult entree if you show a same-day ticket to any event. So you go to a concert, flash that ticket on your phone. Hey, you're going to get a free drink to go along with it. they got a location in Lodo, so you can go there right after a Rockies game. Show your ticket, and then you're going to get that free draft beer house mark with any entree. The Lodo location, it's a, it's a new spot at Wazi and 16th. It's close to Coors Field, close to Ball Arena, bigger indoor and outdoor space. And, oh, by the way, that Lodo location will serve breakfast every day. All locations have breakfast until 1 p.m. on Friday through Sunday. But Lodo has breakfast seven days a week with burritos, tacos, bowls, even breakfast quesadillas and breakfast nachos, and, of course, chorizo and baking crumbles as their breakfast meats. Don't forget about their party margs. They launched that during the pandemic. 32 ounces of their house, house margarita, four times the house, size of a house marg, and you can take it home. They've got happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m. every day. A dollar off all drafts, dollar off house and coin style marks, $20 on those party marks, a buck off large chips and queso, and large chips and guac, free chips and salsa if you're drinking at the beer. So you're drinking at the bar. You're going to have beer at the bar. And Illegal Pete's, they care about the employees. They will give their staff a living wage starting at 15 bucks an hour plus tips. The staff gets free food and drink on shift, discount off duty, 401k match, paid time off for all employees, and option for health insurance for all full-time employees. So know this. If you go to Illegal Pete's, you're going to a place that takes care of its staff. Kind of a big deal that we're seeing a lot of today. Illegal Pete's gives its staff a living wage, takes care of them. Take care of your taste buds. Take care of your stomach by getting a great meal over at Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their six locations throughout the Denver area. And if you're in the DTC location, I might see you over there. All right, let's jump into the questions from the listeners here. First one from our friend mm-hmm. Casper. Fellas, Max Duffy getting waived is a bit surprising because of the potential that he showed. Yeah. For me, the biggest disappointment is that I won't get to see the memes of Duff Man from the Simpsons that Mace would have posted on Twitter when he would punt. Maybe he'll sign with another team and it could still happen. How say you? Yeah, that's that's a disappointment. <laughs> Although I wouldn't want to be having the Duff Man can't breathe. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's it's sad. But the the thing is though, with punters and kickers, unless they are drafted, usually they end up getting cut a time or two before they end up finding their home. I mean, McManus, for example, kicked around a couple of years, was in a couple of camps before he came to Denver. I was just hoping that his development would happen here. It's still possible. I could see the Broncos bringing Duffy back down the line if nobody claims him. I think the thought was maybe just not ready quite quite yet to compete. But there's a lot of potential there. Sam Martin's in the last year of his deal. Still wouldn't surprise me if they brought Duffy back at some point. I mean, just what a weird look. Literally one day before he was cut, you have Tom McMahon coming out here saying that it's a true competition at punter because they really like Max Duffy. It's just kind of the story of Tom McMahon. I mean, he he backs someone and then they're cut. It's just, man, what just weird. I feel like they just do things to spite him sometimes. (laughs) Seriously. He's like, it's a true competition. Anyone could win. They're like, no, it's not. (laughs) The other thing is also they sign a couple of receivers. What are the chances of these guys becoming something of value? Zero. Yeah, not in Denver. A, the, a backup punter, a young guy, strong leg, a little bit inconsistent. I think he has a better chance of bringing something of value 
short and long term than two receivers at the end of the depth chart. Just my take. What's the guy? Uh, Pearson L. Demornay Pearson L. I mean, I'm <laughs> first of all Demornay, and there's an apostrophe in there. So if they were trying to, if his parents were trying to name him after Rebecca Demornay, the actress, and the last name. You wouldn't have an apostrophe in there, so I'm like, "What's?" Th- I don't think so. I don't, I don't think know. It, for that. But um, I mean, it's a, if he makes the Broncos roster and we have a name draft again, Demorne Pearson L is going to be a candidate. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> I I will say, um, Henry, who's a you know sometimes he knows a little bit about these guys, said that he could p- push Deontay Spencer as a returner. Mm. Could well then that's worth it potentially if if he can pull it off. Yes. Um, also, mm-hmm. what like. Antoine Randall L. I thought that was so uh, weird. Now there's another guy with yes, the L at the end. You're yeah. right. The other thing with uh, Pearson L is he has the triple crown of non-NFL leagues. He's been in the CFL, the XFL, and the AAF. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Now the NFL. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Competing. Maybe the dingo HL baby says, is there a Draymond Jones t-shirt coming soon? Or... Are we going to go with our number one pick of 2021 in between Sir Lancelot and King Arthur on the round table, Sir Tan? Um, we'll see. Mm, we've got, some, we've like got some stuff up our sleeve, though. I like it. Keeping training training camp's close. D Bronx says, is anyone concerned about what the post-Rogers Broncos would look like? At least when no. Elway, yeah, no. exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on and says, you know, just how bad could this be? And could it be mm. even worse because the Broncos have to trade something to get Aaron Rodgers? They didn't have to do that when, when they got Peyton. But to me, just like you guys said, no, if you're worried about that, then you're never going to make the big move. And if you're never going to make, make the big move, like the Chiefs did, by the mm. way, they made a big move by trading up in the first round to get Patrick Mahomes. When they had Alex Smith still playing very well. Right. So to me... If you're scared about what's happening in five years, then you're never going to be good enough to, to make the big move. Definitely not. And your question is, okay, would you rather the Broncos be average to good to bad for the next five years or be great for the next four years? And who knows after? So you let's take say, the great every time. Let's say there is a big drop off and we know that going in. You sign up for the Peyton Manning years, four years with Peyton, and you sign up for the five years after that. Oh, gosh, Would you yeah. do that right now for Aaron Rodgers? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Not even a heartbeat. And the <laughs> other thing is, well, the other thing, it's, e- it's easy to overlook how close the Broncos came to getting the transition right. But they were looking at the wrong things at quarterback. As Jack Del Rio has height. pointed out, exactly. <laughs> height was the reason why they didn't take Russell Wilson there when they had the chance. That they loved everything about Wilson. They loved you know, his Honestly, his you put me leadership. in a cannon into the sun. <laughs> but that but that's the thing. Like if hopefully now you're going into some different people making the decision. And George Payton, just based on kind of hit the things that the, that the Vikings did at quarterback. He doesn't appear to have the same template yeah. that John Elway did at quarterback. I mean, to me, like a deal breaker should be can't learn the scheme, isn't a good leader. Yeah. Not, oh, this guy's got a cannon arm. Teammates didn't come lead. to his birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Wisconsin quarterbacks, yeah. right. You know, so uh, maybe, the, maybe a couple of years from now, let's say you get Aaron Rodgers. You go back to the well and say, okay, we bet we passed on the last Wisconsin guy who looked like he could be something. 
as a pro quarterback. We'll take the next Wisconsin guy who could be something, and that's Graham Mertz maybe in round two in a couple of years. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that height matters to anyone <laughs> is so dumb. I mean, even in basketball, like we talked, yeah. I don't know if this conversation was on air that we had last week, but Trey Young and Seth Curry. Yeah. Those, I mean, it because th- I asked you, mm-hmm. why did they fall? Well, just height, measurable. Size. So stupid. They can they they could play in college. They can yeah. play now. If they can put the ball into the basket <laughs> right. from several places on the court. Yes. They're I'm good in my book. Yes. I literally saw a game in person that Steph Curry played in college where they were playing, I believe, against Towson. Davidson was playing Towson, and they literally had two guys yeah. shadowing Steph the Triangle entire two, game. The whole game. And went four yeah, they went four and they went three on four against everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> like there's this, there's such thing um, as like the triangle and two, which is like you just double team yeah. uh, when they get the ball. But they triangle they and two'd him, him off the ball as well. They just he he'd stand and he only the, had like two points in the game, but yeah. uh, Davidson he'd still won. He stand in the corner and there were still there were two, two guys, guys shadowing him. Incredible, the craziest thing I've ever seen. Rather in a play game. <laughs> let your your other guys play four on three than let him yeah, be yeah. involved in any way. That's wild. Yep. Oh man, kind of like Russ. He he was that good too. Yeah, I mean, it's not that difficult. No. Just pick they guys who it. are really good. They make good. it difficult, <laughs> yes. though. They overthink it. All right, next one from Melbourne Bronco. Hey, guys, continuing my non-football theme until training camp. What are your favorite sports movies and your favorite comedy movies? For me, Field of Dreams and Wayne's World are top of the list. Go Broncos. Mm. <sighs> you know what? There's, a, There's so many good ones. I know. Like, my favorite movie changes from week to week, but... I'll tell you what, uh, maybe my favorite sports movie and maybe my favorite uh, comedy movie could be one and the same. Happy Gilmore. Major League. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Could be a combo, too. Every time, if I I flip past and I see it on, I'm watching it. Mm. Every time. I'm going, uh, for for a sports movie, it's easy. It's uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah. It's tough. It's a really good one. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on this podcast, but... Sports movies typically don't do much for me. Football movies in particular, there there aren't a lot of good football movies. Baseball lends itself to, to better movies. Boxing. I think there's something about the best sports movies, with the exception of, say, Hoosiers, they tend to Not involve individual confrontation uh-huh. rather than a team. Right. Like it's, it's too easy. hard to feature a whole football team. It's right. easier to frame cinematically confrontation, which is why, you know, in baseball ultimately is a one-on-one confrontation between the pitcher and the batter at the heart of the sport. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm kind of with Zach, but the reason is if I am in the mood to watch a movie, it's because I'm not in the mood to watch <laughs> sports. Right. You know, it's like, uh, not really into the sports slate tonight. I guess I'll watch a movie. Which doesn't lead me to then be like, I want to watch a sports movie. It's like, oh, let's watch a drama or a comedy or something like that. So I, I'm with you in that sense. But there are some really good ones. Yeah, I do really love Happy Gilmore. That's um, a great one. I, yeah. I the problem with like a lot again. of those movies from that era is they just slowly but surely don't hold up quite as well. Happy Gilmore is, especially of the Adam Sandler sports movies, probably the one that's holding up the best. But they do all kind of fall apart a little bit. Like, <laughs> I watched Waterboy recently, and like oh. it was 
<laughs> I was like, I can't believe I thought this was good at one point. It was. Right. It was on. I thought Waterboy was kind of unwatchable even when it first came out. Like, I'm I, sorry. Was, I think it was because I was like a kid, so yeah. all that stupid humor was like funny right. to but me. But right. yeah. ninety minutes of the Adam Sandler Cajun man accent was just, just it was too <laughs> much. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of things oh. in that that are like, wow, uh, yikes. Yeah, <laughs> oh. Happy Gilmore. I think it's just kind of a. It's a stronger movie. It's it's also got a layer of absurdist humor that doesn't exist in The yeah. Water Boy. Like, you know, the President Lincoln showing up when he looks up at the end of the movie and, you know, kind of looks in the sky and sees Chubbs mm-hmm. and the alligator. And there's President Lincoln. Yes. You know, hey, hey, happy. <laughs> Lee so Trevino weird. popping up. Although I'm disappointed to learn that Lee Trevino regrets his involvement in the movie. Really? really? Yes. Wow. That's such a golf thing to say. I, I know, but he, he's gr- <laughs> Grizzly Adams did have a beer. Now Vern Lundquist, one of, one of the coolest older people walking the earth, does not regret his involvement in the movie and and has been hearing who the hell is Happy Gilmore for the last twenty five <laughs> years and has truly come to embrace that in his role. Yeah, I thought Lee Trevino was great in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vern obviously kills his role in that, and I think yeah, those are the. I can't believe Lee Trevino said that. Yeah. So I, I think it was a little too uh, ribald sure. and edgy yes. for his taste. Yeah. I think That's what I mean. Like, of course. of course, a golfer would be like, oh, God, I feel so unprofessional. Right. <laughs> Light, lighten up. Yes. You know, come on, Lee. I mean, accept the fact that you're in a comedy, a comedy classic. Exactly. And would you have cast any roles in that movie differently? Pretty good. Shooter was played perfectly. Yeah. Kathy <laughs> was played perfectly. Even Happy's grandma was played perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, Ben Stiller as the oh, yeah. uncredited or you know, sadistic orderly. You know, Carl Weathers as Chubbs Peterson. Chubbs, yeah. I can't see anybody else in any of the major roles. So you're really right. Yeah. 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 God, it's, it's a great movie. It, it I'll have really to go wa- I'll have to go watch it. <laughs> Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup. Different types of golf movies. Again, it's all about when you watch them. Like, I watched both of those as a kid, so, like, I've always just been more biased towards Happy Gilmore because it's more, like, funny. But Never Tin y- Cup holds up very well. Oh, and, absolutely. And Tin Cup's also, I mean, it's it's got some hilarious moments in it, obviously. And golf movies oh, kind of plays yeah. into what you were saying earlier. It's individual. Yeah, and it's, and, and just, although, in this case, in baseball, it's the, con- baseball is the confrontation picture batter. In golf, Especially in Tin Cup, it's the confrontation within yourself. Right. That Roy McAvoy, I mean, he kind of makes, God, just lay up, Roy. I mean, mm-hmm. even when today when I watch that movie, I'm like, dude, just lay, I'm, you're like Romeo, lay up, take your par, and go to the playoff. Dude, what are you <laughs> thinking, man? Well, you're not thinking. You I mean, cut. how about uh, Louis Oosthuizen yesterday? Ugh. Oh, Just boy. Just steady the whole time. Mm. Steady the oh. whole time. He needs to hit one drive, yeah. and he has all the room in the world to the right. But everyone who's ever played golf knows if the last thought you have before you swing the club is don't miss left, you're going to miss, miss left. left. Yeah. But you watch John Rahm on that same hole, he knows – like. And he naturally hits that fade, so he's a little safer there. But, I mean, he blasted it 30 yards right because he knew, let me just let this fade go, and I'll figure it out from over there. Louis, you know, tries to place it on the fairway, tugs it a little bit, and down the cliffs it goes. Oh, man. Has anyone ever had a month like John Rom in sports history, by the way? 
I I don't know. I, I mean, anything like this. He, I, I'm happy <laughs> for him that that he. I mean, he was six strokes ahead. The the end the eventual winner of that tournament didn't even catch him. Yeah. You know, like he could have just gone out and shot even the next day, and he still would have won. Um, then he turns it around, has a kid. I mean, he's he's. Uh, I guess the kid's what six months old now. Yeah, and he's fully vaccinated now. Yeah, so, so too uh, late for the memorial, but hey. The the that birdie birdie finish from him yeah is that'll go that won't be forgotten anyway All right, sorry for, for the <laughs> golf jack there folks Dan Burke <laughs> hey guys wanted to ask you some George Payton comments from last week that are flying under the radar he was asked about Cortland Sutton and this quote in particular stood out he said Cortland Sutton I mean I've never seen someone work so hard in their rehab keep in mind that Payton's been a high flying NFL exec for nearly twenty years and more importantly oversaw Adrian Peterson work his way back from a torn ACL and MCL eight months and go out and win the MVP that year. We've been talking for a while about how fond Peyton is of Sutton, but it's getting to the point where I'd be shocked if he doesn't sign Sutton up long-term, regardless of how much it costs. What do y'all think? Vic Fangio and George Payton love Cortland Sutton, and it makes sense. There, there's a ton of things to love. The, the way he's attacked rehab, the way he was playing before he got injured, I guess you have to go a year before that, really. Um, so, yeah, I'm at the point where I, I don't think – now, maybe he's involved in an Aaron Rodgers trade because that's kind of, you know, a groundbreaking deal. But I would be shocked if they just let him walk ever. Now, I mean, the question is how do you start kind of shoving everything in the bag without breaking the bag under the cap, so to speak? And that's where I think how he comes back, assuming he comes back for 2022, is interesting. Do they, do they kick the can down the road and give him the franchise tag? Mm. Maybe. And just say, okay, let's figure things out a year from now. Uh, what does it mean for the for the other receivers? What does it mean for Jer- for Jerry Judy and Noah Fant uh, coming on the other side of this? So I think I, I they cl- they clearly like Cortland Sutton. It's Both those guys have the fifth-year option, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Cortland Sutton does not. Does not. So. Yeah. Right. So you have, you have some time there. And is there – and maybe is there a way you can re-sign Sutton, front-load it, to where when the big numbers for Judy and Fant kick in, you're able to kind of afford them because I do think they would like to have Sutton, Fant, and Judy around for the next several years, no matter who the quarterback is. I'm not a big pay-to-receivers top-end money. We saw that with Demarius and uh, Emmanuel. And when uh, you're paying two guys and you have a great quarterback, well, it's fine. But when you don't have the quarterback and you're still looking for him, then it's it's not good. If you have a good cost-controlled quarterback, though, and that's where if they don't get Aaron Rodgers and the answer isn't on this roster, then you start talking about the 2022 quarterbacks and saying, okay, can we find our answer there and partner him with these great receivers? Right, then that would be, but you'd have your quarterback, and yeah. regardless of if it's cost-controlled or not, then, yeah. it, then it looks fine. But I just... Man, getting stuck paying two guys tons of money. It's going to be interesting to see how they how they do it. Next one here from Jason17. Some field day questions. Who wins this tug-of-war competition? Quinn Miners and Antani Muti or Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones? I'm taking any team that has Muti. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> Even Shelby would understand that, I think, based on his Muti story. Yes. yes. Who dunks the coach in the dunk take first, Paxton Lynch throwing or Sam Martin place kicking? I'll take Paxton. Yeah, I'm going to go Paxton. <laughs> That's tough, yeah. though. Who hits this first, uh, Drew Locke from half court or Ben Simmons from the three-point line? Drew, Drew, Drew Locke from half court. Drew Locke. Did you guys see him just splash five threes in a row last week? 
I couldn't tell. They they had some creative angles with that uh, camera. I think those were free throws. Oh, okay. But I still, like it. they were buttery. Yeah, yeah. But d- never give me Ben Simmons shooting. No. Also, Drew Locke maybe could have given the Nuggets a couple minutes uh, mm. in that Sun series. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what if he had pursued basketball? Because he he was a high level recruit. Was gonna was going to play for a power conference school. Might have even played for Mizzou mm-hmm. in basketball if he'd gone that route. Or and someone who's got obviously a nice smooth smooth shooting stroke, athletic. Yeah, I think that he would have had a very decorated college career and would be playing in like Spain or something. Now. Okay, that's fair. Still, that'd be that's something. You can make oh, a yeah. lot Shows of money how in athletic Spain. He make, is. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, next, Mace definitely had the steal of the draft of the Long Island Iced Tea. Long Island Iced Tea is amazing. Uh, because those of you who know me, we drink for results, and nothing gets results like Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Love that. However, with RK, when it comes to mules, whiskey mules are the way to go. My favorite is a Kentucky mule with Woodford Reserve. Nothing beats it. Hope everyone is staying positive and testing negative. Yes, absolutely. And, man, he must have just not liked my draft board. Just glazed right over it. Yeah, it seems to be a common theme just uh, among humans. Unfortunately. <laughs> hey, but thanks, Brett Kane, for coming out to make us all look good. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> other than Shelby, I feel like all of our guests just get last every time. Yep, exactly. That's <laughs> the way we like it. Yep. Got to feel good about ourselves. Can't come in the gauntlet and just think you're going to succeed <laughs> exactly next one from free philip Lindsay. he says disclaimer this is some light-hearted jest that cocktail draft was ridiculous how were drinks like cranberry vodka screwdriver Gross. uh cosmopolitan sex on the beach and tequila sunrise not taken imagine drafting 20 quarterbacks from the league right now and you grab the biggest guy like mahomes and brady but leave guys like wilson rogers and lamar jackson on the board but you did draft Nathan Peterman somehow, a.k.a. a Bloody Mary. Wow. There's Ooh. a reason memes like keep your weird ketchup drink away from me that proliferate take. and abound Agreed. on the internet. It's the mixing vodka with chocolate syrup and soy sauce or rum with vinegar and Tabasco sauce. You're putting ingredients that go in food with alcohol, and they have starkly different fa- flavor profiles. Your guys' scouting personnel let you down, LOL. Thanks for the fun and entertainment you guys bring. Happy Monday. I had a marvelous Bloody Mary over the weekend, and I can say with all respect that this take couldn't be more wrong. I love a good Bloody Mary, too. I really do. It's uh, got to be done perfect. I, yeah. I agree with Philip Lindsay, man. You, it, it's got to be a good one. I, I won't say it has to be done perfect, but I will say the bad ones are disgusting. Yeah, because then it does feel like what food mixed with vodka? Why did you do that? Yeah, you're like I feel like I'm drinking a meal. <laughs> but yes. also, what what veggies are you putting in there? Because, um, everything. Yeah, because like, have you ever been to Urban Egg down in DTC? Mm-mm. I think there's one up in Fort Collins too. They have these pickles there, these sliced pickles that are seasoned in a really just kind of a little kind of a sweet and spicy way. Now you dip the you dip the pickle in the Bloody Mary. First of all, it gives a little pickle juice to the Bloody Mary, which adds a little flavor. Second of all, you pull the pickle out after you've dipped it in this Bloody Mary, and you have a bite, and it's absolutely amazing. Mm. <laughs> like, this is one of the best things I've ever tasted. My, uh, my dad will marinate hot peppers in gin. He likes a gin Bloody Mary for, like, months and months on oh end. And gosh. then he mixes up, like, the spicy gin oh, um, wow. into his Bloody Mary. Uh, and brings them to the to the early morning buffs tailgates and <laughs> that'll wake you wow. up. They it. hit, yeah. <laughs> they hit different. If they have one of those uh, 10 a.m. kickoffs at home at Folsom this year, you're going to be 
starting early on that one. And they do. I, I they, can't they remember They have which a 10 a.m. I think it's that off. Minnesota game you were talking about. Dear God. <laughs> I think it's actually 11. But. What time does it start? Uh, 6 or 7, the tailgate? Yeah, as soon as you can get there. <laughs> it depends on how Friday night goes. The thing is, Minna- Minnesota is used to those 11 a.m. kickoffs because that's sort of the, the bane of the existence right. in the Big Ten is if you're a central time zone the only team time I ever watched the and, you get, and, and you it's get true. an 11 a.m. kickoff now. but So th- they're accustomed to that, but CU, I mean, have they? how many kickoffs has CU had in the morning at home? A few. I remember but most of them, I think, are like noon or 11 a.m. Right. I've been to a couple. They always suck. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, it's 11 a, it is 11 a.m. It's y- you're doing it on the Pac-12 network. Of course. Why do you have a crap kickoff like 11 a.m. if you're going to be on a network that a lot of people don't get? I don't know. The Pac-12 is trying to kind of steal a little thunder from the Big Ten by right. going early. By the way, Larry Scott's really going out on a, on a bang of idiocy, isn't he? Well, he, I mean, he went out like he came in. Yeah, <laughs> he died doing what he loved, being an idiot. You can't blame him for that, then. <laughs> exactly from LDJ, man. I want to be fair and not just a fan, but Rich, Eisen. you mean Eisen has been on a campaign for Rogers to stay in some gr- stay in Green Bay or go someplace else, not Denver. He keeps having this time about Denver, and I feel like he's misinformed a great deal about this roster. I feel like LDJ. Somehow here's every take that every person in the world has about the Broncos. That's against the Broncos. Yeah, I don't know how he yeah. does it. First, he said Denver is not a Buccaneers. It's not a drop QB here and win a Super Bowl team. Then he said Denver does not have a Mike Evan. The Cortland disrespect is gross. Then he later said Washington is where Rodgers Rogers could win a Super Bowl. Forget about Denver. That defense is ready to win a Super Bowl in Washington. He also said Denver was a four-win team last year. They'll probably be a five- to seven-win team without Rodgers. Dude, what the hell? Am I missing something? I'm trying to get in the benefit of the doubt, but Rich, he's Rich Eisen. <laughs> but I seriously think, other than PFF and Bill Barnwall, Lou Riddick, uh, who watch every game in the NFL, no one knows about Denver. They uh, don't know we had as many injuries as on our team, if not more than San Francisco. They don't know this current roster. Like, I don't understand the why does Aaron Rodgers wa- uh, want to go to Denver snark. What is that about? It's okay, LDJ. It's okay. Don't You're in a safe yeah. place. Don't, yeah, don't don't let Rich <laughs> Risen, as you, get, you typed multiple <laughs> times, maybe it was a slight on him, uh, get to you too much. I think he was so out of sorts, they just couldn't get Eisen. I, I mean, that's, that's how bad the take is. Yeah. yeah. You can't think straight. You can't type straight. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if, if someone wants to make an argument for Washington, their defensive line is freaking insane. I like the Broncos secondary better, mm-hmm. um, but their defensive line is insane. And their pass catchers, they have some great pass catchers, but Broncos pass catchers are right up there. The Broncos have a better They're tight better. end. The Broncos have a, a better running back room. So I can see someone trying to make an argument for Washington, but you can't make an argument for Washington and just discount Denver. If Washington is in the chat, you know who should call Aaron Rodgers? Mike Shanahan. Yep. To tell him this, this is what kind of organization right. you'll be dealing with if you walk in there. You will probably never win a Super Bowl. And he can say, look, on I had a coaching staff that maybe was the greatest coaching staff in modern NFL history yeah. with all the minds that I had. And we had one winning season because of all the other crap organizationally that we've been dealing with. Just go to Denver. If he needs that kind of push, I think Mike should call Aaron Rodgers and offer that push. I'll say this. Washington gets, like, some credit somehow for being a playoff team last year. 
If the Broncos were in the NFC East, they could have been a playoff team last year, too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, definitely the worst division in football last and, year. And, it can, it, and, like, yeah, they gave Tampa a game. You know, it was an entertaining watch. There but was no film of Taylor Heineke in Washington yeah. that the Bucks had to prepare for. So they could throw every element of surprise out there in that game, and that's what kept them in it. Yeah, but, again, that's not, like, a good team just because they made the playoffs. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Next one from Greendale Human Being. Good morning, y'all. I'm finally catching uh, catching up on pods as I've been back to moving back to Texas. I got out of Nebraska without ever eating runza or chili and a cinnamon roll. I shudder at the idea of runza's not bad (laughs) for fast food. Does it give you the runs? Yes. Okay. Depends well, which one you had. <laughs> I also got tickets to the Broncos game in Dallas, so hope to meet up with y'all there. Since Zach has never been to the Big D, try to make the game, and we'll show you around. Just a quick random question. Outside of QB, what starter would you trade in a one-for-one to improve another position on the team? So which spot do we have good depth at to improve another spot on the team? Thanks for all the great content, y'all. The Three Ring Circuses have been amazing. The guests have been elite. Well, thank you so much, Greendale. All right, let me ask you guys this. Are you calling Tim Patrick a starter right now? Yes. Okay. Are you sure. calling uh, Are you calling Ronald Darby a starter right now? Yeah. Yes. I think it probably starts with those two guys that you trade. Yep, and definitely. I'd say in that order with all res- – look, we all love Tim Patrick in this room. Mm-hmm. But you have – a surplus, and you have the next Tim Patrick coming up in Tyree Cleveland. And this you, is easy. And if you want to gamble, you could say Graham Glasgow if someone values him yeah. or, you know, a starting guard. Bring in Trust Natani. Him. Yeah. It's Mooty. a little riskier, but. Yeah. But you, th- it's not just Mooty that you have. It's minors who can go yeah. play guard as well. Yeah. So you have two young guys. Who can guys play right tackle? <laughs> so maybe that's who you're yeah. trading out. You're trading yeah. Graham for a right tackle. Good luck. No, no. Massey, Massey's <laughs> going to be fine if he's healthy. I'm That's a big it, if, though, Mace. I, well, he was a he, the guy was a hoss until last year. Yeah. Until last year. Yeah. The famous word said about, like, he, every free agent. I know, but he doesn't have the uh, – if he has an injury history over years, that's where I get concerned. If he, if, he, if he plays 15, 16 games almost every year and then has an injury, I'm thinking, okay, that's enough for me to say this is probably the aberration. And if you ask people that – are that are close to Bobby Massey, they point this out that they'll tell you it's a freak injury that he had. Well, but the season before, though, he missed six games. So he's missed six games and then eight games. Okay. All right, my bad. I thought he he played all 16. This week on Three Ring Circus, we draft Broncos right tackles (laughs) since Orlando Franklin. Oh, boy. Let's do it. Yes. (laughs) Wow. I think think the first one off the board has got to be Jared Valdir, right? You know what's sad is we no, probably have enough. Okay, we got. Let's let's just go through them. We had Lou Vasquez. I think we Luzef. should save this. Paul yeah, Cornett, exactly. Chris, so, wait, Chris Clark was there. We're actually drafting this. See who can get the team yes. that is least hated. Yes. Oh, that's great. Wow. I love it. I'm I actually, love it. I'm actually sad I'm going to miss this on Friday now. <laughs> Mark IT Snatch says, hey, guys, let's move on to the AFC North. Who is the one Baltimore Raven you just flat out Easy. don't like but would have loved to have on your team? Ray Lewis. Got to be, right? If you could take all the off-field stuff off, and I, I'd say, yeah, I would love or that. Or you keep that because that was the reason you hated him. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, a hell of a player. If he's on your team, you're like, well, he, you know, we'll let the courts decide, and, yeah, exactly. and if he's fine, like, we're <laughs> not going to buy his stuff, but – 
man, going through the, the mental gymnastics to accept Ray Lewis being on your team. Yeah, that's about what yeah. every Ravens fan did. Yep. That's what Chiefs fans do with Tyree Kill. It's just yep. what NFL fans do. They're yep. really good at it. It was <laughs> interesting to see. Uh, there, In my extended family, there are some Ravens fans. And, um, the again, the mental gymnastics that they would go through to kind of rationalize Ray Lewis being there for so long and being the Mandarin of the franchise. Was he ever guilty of anything? Uh, obstruction of justice. Mm. Interesting. I read a fascinating story about yeah. that whole thing. There's plenty of good literature out there on it. Guilty? I don't know. And <laughs> I will never forget at the Super Bowl 35 press conference when Brian Bilk was coaching the team, he gets up there and lectures the media about the covers of the Ray Lewis things and, and says that Ray Lewis wasn't convicted of anything. He was. He was convicted of obstruction of justice. Don't get there up there and say he wasn't <laughs> convicted of anything when he was. Come on, man. Get the facts right. <laughs> it's it's kind of like still taking a pass interference penalty when you know there's going to be a touchdown, you know? Right. Yep. It's like, yeah. well, I might as well dive and take his leg out. I'll Cheap take the 15 out. yards <laughs> this yeah. as long as they yeah. don't score a touchdown on Th me. This is why I don't want the 15-yard PI in the NFL. Right. Because people, because teams will do this, and you know, I in arena football it was a ten yard penalty, and I met and I the, a team that I covered, their coach would coach the players in practice. When you're beaten, and it's coming your way. Just grab, put your leg out, do whatever it takes. Yep. You'll take the ten and go to the next set of downs. I was coached like that in high school. Yeah, because it's fifteen in high school. Yep. Right. Yep. Even the even in the NFL though, yeah. If you know he's gonna catch it and be on his way to the to a touchdown, might as well stop a forty yard play to becoming a 70-yard touchdown. Yes. I mean, yeah. Anyways, uh, next question. Negative, yeah. false, positive. Well, well, Aaron renewed his membership to a local Green Bay golf course. Oh, my gosh. I guess that's it. What say you guys? Auto-renew. That's what I say. Here. He is, yes. I, but this did happen. Well, no, I'm saying like he actually oh, thinks, he thinks that it's that, over. Yeah, yeah oh. no, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Auto-renew is a wonderful thing for businesses. Also, he, ha yeah, auto renew mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. And also, what is, how, how much do we think, let's say it's a country country club. How much does that cost? I don't know. Thousands, uh, 10,000 less? At most. Okay. What's that mean to him? Nothing. Yeah. Do we know so what the name of the, uh, the, the country club is? How many country clubs are in Green Bay, Wisconsin? The Green Bay Country Club membership. Fee. Usually it's something like forty thousand dollar initiation, uh, right. yeah, uh, and, like and then like five thousand a year okay. after that or something. So let's say even at most it's fifteen thousand dollars for this year. Does not even yeah. register. <laughs> yeah. it, it has the same impact on him as when my Netflix subscription hits my account. <laughs> right, exactly, and that's for a whole year too. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. I think we found it here. All right. It is. Let's see. Internet search. It's great podcasting. All so right, here negative, we go. Negative, false, positive. What we're saying is, don't worry. Yes, annual annual dues six thousand nine hundred seventy two dollars for a full golf membership. Yeah, boom. That's <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers. That's the change that you find in your cushions. I'm actually <laughs> not kidding. That is probably equivalent to him as my yeah. monthly Netflix subscription, like and twelve dollars. I don't notice. <laughs> it, but I, I couldn't tell you when it happens. Right. So there you go. <laughs> But I'm happy you brought that to our attention. And last one, Mace, for you. Yes, this comes from the count. And let me just get the tab here because I was looking up the membership fee of the Green Bay Country <laughs> Club. My folks, 
People often think that just because of my count, I was born with an orange and blue spoon in my mouth. I was not. My dad left us when I was three and essentially never looked back. I had minimal contact with him over the course of my childhood, and we have not spoken in almost 20 years. I beg all of you, I beg of you all, the NVR family, no matter what troubles you may have with your significant other, the other parent of your children, never give up trying to spend time with them. Never. Even if it's an occasional dinner, a phone call, or showing up to special events, hell, even letters in the mail. Swallow your pride and be there in any capacity you can. It makes a difference. Love the count. Nice uh, finish here from the count yes. and a belated shout out to all the fathers, including you, Mace, uh, yeah. on the day after Father's Day. Uh, shout out to uh, all of you and uh, especially the mm-hmm. ones who have been there for their kids throughout their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, well said, Ryan. Well said, the count. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you if, and if you get if your father if if you haven't if you're not around him day to day, you know, make a phone call, spend some time. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing my dad down in Florida in a couple of weeks, and uh, we had a we had a lovely conversation last night. My mom made said she would make my dad anything that he wanted for dinner last night. Mm-hmm. He wanted fried egg and and it was a very English meal, egg and chips, fried egg and French fries. Wow. <laughs> wow. My uh, my stepdad went out uh, fishing in Costa Rica yesterday for yeah. his Father's Day, caught a 250 pound marlin. Wow, Ooh, that's go. pretty good. Uh, yeah. He's gonna be eating for a while. Sent us a sweet video. He's Do reeling it marlin? in. This thing is jumping out. Oh my! Is marlin? Goodness. Is a marlin a, a Most fish? people don't. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that was a catch and release for it's them. It's like tarpon, Eat. kind of. I have had smoked marlin before. Okay, actually, mm. very good. Okay. Um, where mm. was I? I think I was in Hawaii. Had smoked marlin on a cracker with a little bit of cream cheese. Ooh. And it was fire. You guys are killing me. I'm so ready for lunch. Well, the good me news too. is this podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> uh, shout out to MSU Denver Online before we get out of here. MSU Denver.edu slash online. A rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. Check them out. MSU Denver.edu slash online. They have something for everyone over there. Uh, but for today, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there who follow us. Appreciate all of your support, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Flying cotton